When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, we were going to record this uh, Tuesday and we needed a day to mourn and also be excited. And I'm really happy we did that because I feel a lot better about everything in my life uh, on this beautiful Wednesday night. How 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 are you feeling? You know, I, I echo the sentiment that it was right to wait um, until the game last night was wrapped up because, boy, howdy, does that add some good content uh, to the episode that we have for you today. So we're recording on a blistery Wednesday in January. And I say blistery because um, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the uh, thermostat in Saskatchewan, but... For lack of a better term, this is the type of weather that makes Americans think we're lying about where we live. It is so ungodly cold. Man, I like I love to tell people in Ontario that I'm from Saskatchewan. And I remember the one year we had uh, I think it was I think it was 2014. It was when it reached minus 72 with the wind chill. And I had class that day. <laughs> and I remember waking up in the morning. And my I remember charging my phone overnight. I would wake up in the morning. My phone would be at 100%. I would leave the house because I'd play like music or whatever while I'm getting ready. Um, be like 95 or 99% when I leave the house. I get into my car. I pick a song while I'm for when I'm driving. My phone is already at 90%. I would drive to U of R. So from my mom's house, it was like, what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, would you say? 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Um, and then I would get out of the car at U of R, and my phone would already be at like 75%. And then I would walk from like where like Triffons, you, you, you know, like the Triffons down at uh, uh, friggin' Does- down by the university. Does like the cold make your phone battery die sooner? Yes, so I would get into I would get into the university and my phone was at like nine percent. Oh boy, yeah. I I mean I haven't noticed that. Um, like it's it's minus thirty today, and it feels warm because it's been so cold the past <laughs> few days before. Uh, like driving home from Saskatoon, drove home at six in the morning, which was brutal. Mm-hmm. But that's a story for another time, and. It was showing minus 39 on the dash and minus 49 with the wind. That was horrendous. So yeah. the fact the fact that it feels warm at minus 30 is like enough to make me reconsider living here. I, I don't like to complain about the cold. I think like complaining about the cold is stupid because it's like you moved to Canada, like you gotta expect it. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm fine up to minus 35. Anything past that is just, we don't deserve that. No one deserves that. That's too freaking cold. The deserve to win meter is in your favor for good weather, you'd the, say, right? The deserve to live-o-meter is going the <laughs> other way when it gets cold like that. Your but, expected deaths per 60 are reaching an all-time high right now. Extremely. But, you know, I mean, when it's when it's that cold in your life, it's got to be hotter somewhere else. Wow. What oh. a segue. And oh. we're and do we do we do our do do we do our obituary at the end of the show today? I think we'll do it at the end. Okay. Um, people that people know what that is, um, but you know why why go into this episode sad? I'd rather finish it off angry and upset and just enjoy the high, enjoy the fun because we do. Yes, have absolutely. A very, a very fun, a very nice, very clean episode planned for everyone today. Recapping uh, a portion of the streak. I'm sure if you don't live under a rock you know the Oilers have been cooking so we are going to go over the games against the Blackhawks Red Wings Montreal Canadiens and Toronto Maple Leafs once we get through that host of Edmonton Oilers stuff to discuss big portion of NHL uh, to discuss um, all-star players guys getting traded guys not getting traded stuff is getting hot as the season progresses so I think if Nolan there's nothing you'd like to add we might as well just get things underway, and uh, nobody better to take it off than the uh, or to, to to get things going than the Jason Dickinson apologizer himself. Man, I <laughs> I was so lucky they pulled this one off uh, because with a cap hit of thirty four million nine hundred thirty five thousand eight hundred thirty three dollars. Chicago Blackhawks nearly beat the Edmonton Oilers, but they would come out they would come out victorious, winning two one over the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, obviously, if nobody could tell at this point, no Connor Bedard in this one for the Hawks. As we previously mentioned that last week, this would be the most embarrassing loss of the week, or sorry, of the season, really. Um, that I mean, that's that's just that's just a fact. Uh, Hawks are currently icing a team without Connor Bedard, Taylor Hall, Seth Jones, Tyler Johnson, Andreas Athanasiu, Anthony Beauvillier, and Nick Foligno. Uh, sees notes. Uh, that at this time would be uh, an entire forward core with uh, career numbers of 797 points. That's less than Connor McDavid. Uh, defenseman, 342 points in their career. That's not bad, actually. Um, so that means that there were 1,139 career points on this iced Blackhawks roster. Miles, quick little trivia. This is a very, very quick little game uh, before we uh, before we move on here. There are five active players in the NHL that have a higher amount of points in their career than the entire lineup that the Chicago Blackhawks iced that night against Edmonton. Can you name those five players? And what was the figure again? Eleven hundred and thirty nine points. Crosby. Yep. Ovechkin. Mm hmm. Um, Malkin. Yep. Uh, You've named all of them in a row so far. Oh, that was part of the plan as well. Um, 1,200. I gave you three. I'll leave it at three. Uh, 12. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I was going to say, I think I'm kind of, I'm wrong. I'm not right. I'm not right. He played for Chicago. Oh, Kaner. Yep. And then the last one. 
Still a really good player in this league and often forgotten in the career points markers. Is it Pavelski? Uh, no. Actually, a guy that plays in the Pacific Division. Who is that old? Who's that old that's that high of a score? He's a really good two-way forward. Oh, Kopitar? Yeah. Kopitar with 1,177 points. Interesting. Um, and uh, just a couple more figures. Uh, that is the uh, lower than the Oakland A's payroll. Uh, <laughs> Oakland A's, if, uh, if you don't know, are famously dirt cheap poor. Uh, they have a forty a forty six million nine hundred and fifteen thousand dollar payroll, and uh, that also would be uh, for this season one point four million dollars more than this year's cap hit for Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Mitch Marner. Oh, just those three. So. They can't let a team with Jason Dickinson as their 1C actually win. Right? 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 About six minutes in, a, co- a poor Cody CC punch leads to who? Oh, Mr. Plus C, Jason Dickinson, to walk in and look off a slim starfish Darnell Nurse, pick his corner and fire. one nothing Hawks. This is not what I wanted! Three minutes later, Leon Dreisettle says, uh, yeah, no, that's not happening. Please vote for me at NHL.com and scores. We are all tied up with apples to Clowder and Nurse. Oilers finished the period leading in shots 8-5. to five. Surely they got their shit together. A minute and a half into the second, Connor McDavid says, vote for Leon at NHL.com and scores on the break to make it 2-1. It's automatic, and so is this win. <laughs> Assist to Viking Papa and War and Peace. I think that's my favorite. That's my favorite name for Warren Fogel. Yes. Uh, <laughs> moments later, the Oilers think that they score on a Connor slapper, but the refs think Zachary Martin Hyman, noted children's author, interfere with Peter Mrazek. Uh, Zachary Martin Hyman would never do that, and to insinuate that is absolutely blasphemous, but the knob doesn't challenge and it remains 2 1. The Oilers would then piss their pants for about a half an hour, uh, including a disallowed goal off of children's author Zachary Martin Hyman because NHL head offices spent 45 fucking minutes watching an iPad determining Leon was offside on the entry. You know who was offside? Us for thinking this game would be quality television. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. Oilers allowed 12 shots to their three in the third period, uh, but they somehow pull off a win. Shots finished 26 to 15. For the Blackhawks, which is the Oilers' lowest shot count in a W since February 10th, 2013. Nile Yakupov, Mark Fistrick, Eric Belanger, Corey Potter! (laughs) Oilers went 0 for 1 on the power play, 3 for 3 on the kill, 64% in the dot, and were just overall bad. On to the next one! Yeah, that that was a shitty game. That was a boring hockey game to watch. I think I fell asleep for a good portion of the second, if I'm being honest. You're not missing much, brother. Actually, that's a lie because I do remember the disallowed goals uh, of Hyman and then the offside. No, I was at Janelle's. I was awake. I watched the whole thing, and it sucked, and I thought that 15 was a typo. Um, but onwards and upwards, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because Chicago, famous for deep dish pizzas and Italian beef <laughs> sandwiches and... Uh, lots of drinks and mixed popcorns and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so they leave a good food city and go to a city where you can get mom spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface, 3-2 overtime win versus the Detroit Red Wings, January 11th. 
Ken Holland's favorite team that plays in a rink named after a pizza chain that promotes domestic violence. Calvin Pickard getting the start uh, as workhorse Stuart Skinner is getting the night off. That was a big intro. Hey, that's a lot to take in. That's a, that, that's a shot. That's a lot to take in. And I was also expecting, I also thought that was your new name for Stuart Skinner was Stuart Skinner. Stuart Skinner. Oh, I forgot to even read it right. Stuart, Stuart Skinner getting the night off. So Curlvin Pickard getting, getting the Curlvin, nod here. Curlvin. Curlvin Pickard. No goals in the first or second period uh, because if I expected a battle of defensive teams, I would automatically say that that's what you're going to get when the Oilers and the Alex Lyon backstop Detroit Red Wings play each other. <laughs> Shots at the end of the first period were 16-6 to six for the Oilers. Oh, wow, they already beat their total from the game against the Blackhawks. Crazy. Shots at the end of the second period, 11-5 for the Oilers. So the third period fires up, and this is where the rubber would meet the road. The pride of Ann Arbor, Michigan, former Winnipeg Jet, former New York Ranger, and current Detroit Red Wing, Andrew Kopp, scores the game's first goal to put the Wings ahead 1-0 with 16 minutes remaining in the game. <laughs> it can't be. The Oilers did challenge this, hoping that a Red Wing player made contact with Pickard's glove, but the goal was upheld. McDavid went to the box to serve the delay of game for the unsuccessful challenge, giving him time to think about how the rest of the game should go. And if the Oilers were seriously about to blow it and end their eight game win streak to the 2016 and four Red Wings. So after Connor sat and stood and thought for a little while, he came out of the box and said, not on my fucking watch. And he takes a neutral zone turnover past the blue line, shimmies a defender, shakes the goalie, and slides home his 16th of the season. Game-tying assist here to Zachary Martin-Hyman. It's a 1-1 game in Detroit. 1-1 in the third period when you're out shooting the opposition. 44-15 is a tough decision to be in. But part of what makes hockey such a beautiful game is that there is always the ability to write your own story. And who better to author that story than someone with experience wielding the quill one children's author zachary martin hyman putting his signature on a 2-1 lead thanks to ekholm and nuge go oilers the one goal lead would be short-lived as the red wings storm back two minutes later as Oli mata scores his second of the year to even things up at two uh this team will be what kills me i've i've come to come to accept that 11.2 seconds left in the game and we think Evander Kane wins it but the goal is waved off as it is ruled that the Carhartt King delivered the puck via a hand pass overtime on the way in Detroit thankfully it would only take one shot in overtime to flatten the tire of Detroit's spoked wing as the doc Darnell Nurse or Darnell Norris scores a 9.25 million dollar goal his sixth of the year shooting from the hip just like Wyatt Earp Three two Oilers, nine games in a row. Clap for me, Daddy. Shots finished, forty seven to seventeen for the Oilers. That's nuts. Who, yeah, dude, they were firing pucks on Alex Lyon. Uh, Oilers won fifty four percent of the faceoffs. They went zero for two on the power play. Wings, however, went zero for three on the power play. So three for three on the PK. Uh, Knob went zero for one on coaching challenges. Uh, Nurses Heroics took home the game's first star, while Alex Lyon's 44 saves earned him second star. And why the hell not mention it? We love him. We're not going to stop talking about him. Zachary Martin-Hyman took home third star for his two-point night. Yeah. Good game, boys. Zachary Martin-Hyman is signed for four more years after this. He might be... 
like feel like you can't really compare him against McDavid. I think he's my favorite oiler at, at this time, at time of recording. Um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously we have like, I feel like you, you have to take Connor and Leon off the table. Yeah, that's no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not, not going to count yeah. them. Yeah, I th- yeah, but I, I, I would agree with that. I think like, I don't know, man, I do love Matias at home. <laughs> oh my god he uh, okay we're gonna we're, we're gonna get to the toronto game but there's just like man anytime the puck comes in the offensive zone or, or sorry comes in the defensive zone and it's like a loose puck it's like matthias ekholm is immediately on that spins around and fires it out and it's like already on the break I'm like man this guy thank god i remember the, how i, the one I good remember trade how I Ken felt, made. <laughs> i remember how i felt when justin schultz would have the puck oh, as a defenseman god. And mm-hmm. it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it's almost the exact opposite now when Ekholm has the puck because, like, instead of, you know, the feelings I felt when Schultz would come back with the puck, it was mm-hmm. – it's just nice. It just it just feels good. Yeah, is this, even, like – Is this a loving, steady relationship? Man, it's just – it's just – it's having an adult on the blue line is so nice. <laughs> I need an adult. That's what they were saying in uh, in I... Montreal. Not to chirp Darnell Nurse, but like, oh my god, it's just night and day. It's just night and fucking day. Um, okay, Miles, do you want to take this next one against Montreal? I would love for you to take okay. this one. Ting! That's the sound of a crossbar. <laughs> Two-one win over the Montreal Canadiens. Oilers looking for their tenth run in a, win in a row, which would be a franchise record uh, as they take on the Habs in Montreal on Connor McDavid's 27th birthday. When he asked what he wanted for his birthday, Connor simply said, a win. Well, that's pretty on brand for Connor McDavid. That's rock star behavior. Yeah. Could you imagine celebrating your 27th birthday in Montreal? And not doing what a normal 27-year-old would do? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, I could imagine it, um, but I would rather not. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday at the Bell Center is on a short list of best places to be as the game gets underway with Nuge taking a tripping penalty 46 seconds into the game. Not ideal. This was quickly capitalized uh, on by, by the Canadiens as Cole Caulfield scores his 12th of the year on the ensuing power play. one nothing Canadiens. The first period, however, finish, uh, shots finish, or sorry, finish one nothing Habs with the shots 9 for 6 for the Oilers. Um, the second period was also scoreless, maintaining that one nothing Canadiens lead. Shots are now 21 to 15 for the Oilers. They cannot seem to crack this Montembro. Do you like that I keep on calling them the Canadiens and not the yeah, Canadians? I do appreciate the pronunciation. Thank you. I the Frenches will love us. Uh ah, the third period where legends are made. And at this point, you're lying if you aren't a little nervous. The Oilers have been playing with or have been playing fine, but Montembeau had an answer for everything they threw at him. Luckily, it only took 38 seconds into the frame for the Crown Prince. Leon Dreisaitl to get his 20th of the season and even things up at one. Huge assist to a teammate of the year and all-around good guy, Evander Kane and Warren Fogle. That would be the only goal scored in the third as the Oilers threw 19 shots on goal during the third period for a second straight game. We're heading to overtime, which culminated in a Michael Matheson high-sticking penalty, sending the Oilers to the power play in the extra frame where the Dantine Daddy, we are so fucked would go post and in to end this one. Evan Bouchard, so fucked, take a bow, <laughs> assist to Leon and Connor, happy birthday, 97. 
Oilers outshot the Habs 41-24, went 1-for-5 on the power play and 3-for-4 on the PK. Sam Montembeau took home first star for his 39 save performance. Not to be outdone, though, the skin dog was also solid as a rock, stopping 23 shots for a 9.58 save percentage. Um, yeah, like, power play. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to have a chat about the power play at some point. Um, Where have you gone? I've said this so many times. Uh, if there's one thing I miss from the Jay Woodcroft era, it's our automatic power play. Where is it? Where have you yeah. gone? I mean, it's not as, uh, like you said, automatic as it was before, but the five on five. I'll take that it, any day of the week. Call yeah. it domination. Yeah, I'll yeah. absolutely take it. G- give me that. And also the fact that I don't have heart palpitations every time that a team gets a freaking power play. <laughs> so um, that is really good to see. Uh, what did you think of the Habs fans booing Connor McDavid? Um, just classic gutless French Canadians, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I'm making a lot of friends with that statement, but like, what are you doing? It's the guy's birthday. It's he's not a Leaf, he's not a Senator, he's not a Bruin. Like, he's an Edmonton Oiler on his birthday, one of the best players in the National Hockey League, coming in on a Saturday night and giving you. It's not like he put fucking eight points up against you. Why are you booing him? Like, Canada's, grow prin- up. Canada's prince is literally coming to visit you. You should be bowing at his fucking feet. Thank you very much. Great up like it is insane how revved up they get like eat a bagel fucking have some molson chill out stop booing connor you don't look cool connor mcdavid nick suzuki's but they're i think he has the third best vision in that nhl eh? (laughs) do we get do we get canceled for doing french excellence um i don't think so what did we just have our our four year anniversary? Oh yeah, I forgot we did that video where you did the Mark Bergevin impression. Yeah, we're yeah good. yeah no yeah like if we, I think I've imitated French Canadians on numerous occasions and we yeah. haven't been shut down. So either nobody listens to us or nobody cares. You know what? Go to Quebec City and then you won't blame us. Quebec City or Montreal? Which one is? I've never I've never Quebec been. Quebec City is the one that's like way more Quebec. Because like, oh, they, like they get fucking, mad at you they for fucking, Yeah, they fucking hate people in Montreal. Like they, I sorry, I shouldn't make assumptions like that. But Quebec City is the one where literally, if you speak English, they're mad at you. I've, and that's where I've they never... have the celebration of Banam. Banam. Yeah, the big uh, fucking snowman, dude. I I have so many things to say, but I don't know if we have time. I don't know if this is the platform. <laughs> my dad, uh, just as a quick like side note, my dad told me one time when they were doing a they were on course in Quebec, and uh, my dad was in the military. If anybody you know can't remember, but uh, they were on course in Quebec, and they all came in in their uniforms to like this pub, and they were like, "Yeah, can we get a can we get a round of." fucking Budweiser's or whatever and the bartender looks at him and goes we don't serve your fucking kind here he's like what 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 are you talking about in uniform yeah in uniform and he points at the maple leaf on the because because like there is there I, I I'm assuming I don't know much about like Canadian history so I apologize but apparent in some parts of Quebec they are like very much about separatist movements from Canada like they want nothing to do with Canada because they are Quebec. Um, I think that would be in Quebec City. I know that in like rural Quebec. I, I don't mean, know if this was in Quebec City, but I I know that Quebec City like they take the whole Quebecness a lot more seriously than Montreal yeah. does. But yeah, I I remember hearing that from my dad and like Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, they ended up getting booted out from this pub because my dad was like, 
we're in Canada. And he's like, we're nothing fucking Canada. Wait, you're not. Th- that's like in uh, the goon where they're like, you're not. You're not in Canada. You're in Quebec. And then they like show the <laughs> flags for the anthems, and it's like a, a little American flag, a little Canadian flag, and then like gigantic fleur de lis. Montreal. I'm glad we only have to go there once a year. God, our Western Canadian listeners are gonna love that. Oh yeah, that's gonna go over yeah. well. That's a that's a Scott Mo discussion if i've ever had one um, scott, scott's gonna be like i'm not giving them any fucking power <laughs> dude scotty loves the oilers too hey does he i like to sometimes have a couple beverages and ask him on instagram dms he never replies um about like <laughs> line combos and stuff like I that i thought you were gonna say that like you met him at like a at, a, at like a farming equipment <laughs> rally I mean, I have, yeah, but he just, he never, yeah, he never, he doesn't respond. I mean, he's too busy, but I'll be like, hey, Scotty, what do you, like, what do you think of line two, line, uh, getting hot here, like Fogel and uh, Clowder playing with dry side, crazy what they're untapping, haha, by the way, and then bring up something political. Well, I do it for my burner, so it's okay. My Finsta. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's not replying. He doesn't see, like, the face, you know, he probably recognized me. Rode an elevator with him once. Hey, Scott. You want to crack a couple cold ones together? <laughs> Go check some crops. <laughs> That's offside. Uh, <laughs> speaking of offside, Nolan, this uh, next title for the game we are going to be recapping <laughs> is probably not the most PG rated. Um, but if you're new to the show, we don't hate all Leafs fans, but we do like to beat the Leafs every time. Would that not be correct? Okay. I think it is safe to say every Canadian hockey team loves to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. And yeah. I hate when Leaf fans are like, why are you so obsessed with us? It's like, you guys bring <laughs> it on yourselves, okay? Like, uh, I, now, to be fair, I recently did a power ranking of the most annoying Canadian Twitter, uh, the the most annoying, like, Twitters of Canadian hockey teams. Um, and the Leafs are only at number two. Uh, can I so, get those quick? Who's number yeah, so, one? Uh, so number one's Vancouver. Vancouver with a bullet. Um, I would say Leafs Twitter is number two. I would say, and actually, n- number two could actually be flip-flopped uh, with Sen's Twitter. Sen's Twitter is awful. Uh, they're like, oh, we can trade Parker Kelly for like uh, Darnell Nurse. Um, but uh, I don't know why I picked Darnell Nurse of all people. But uh, And then third, I would... I hate to say it. I would say is Oilers Twitter. Oilers Twitter is pretty bad. Uh, Oilers, Twitter, Oilers Twitter is a bit of a cesspool. I love yeah. it. Oh, I love it too. But it's it's a com- yeah, it's a complete nightmare. Uh, four, I would put. Uh, who, who did I put there? I think I put Flames Twitter. No, did I put Flames Twitter? Fuck. No, Habs Twitter. Yes, Habs Twitter at four. Uh, below that, I would go Flames Twitter. Below that, I would go Jets Twitter. Yeah, Jets Twitter is palatable. Yeah. Yeah. So you basically gave number two as a tie. Yeah. Number two is basically a tie between Sens Sens and Leafs Twitter. Something about Ontario. Hey, Mm -hmm. Um, but any Hoosers, Nolan, as we, as we move into this recap of the game against Toronto last night, I'll apologize to anybody who has, you know, small children in the car or uh, maybe is driving with their priest or perhaps is taking grandma to uh, fabric land uh, because this game recap is titled suck it from the back 
4-2 win versus the Toronto Maple Leafs from last night, January 16th. The Oilers returned to Edmonton absolutely red hot after getting a big test. I'll start that over. The Oilers returned to Edmonton absolutely red hot and get a big test from the offensive dynamo Toronto Maple Leafs in town. Stuart Skinner versus Martin Jones. Fun fact, Martin Jones, as much as people like to shit on him, won more games last year than Philip Grubauer did and was a big part of that run in Seattle, making the playoffs, making it to the second round. He has been pretty good in Toronto. He's got a 2.36 GAA and a .922 save percentage, which is actually better than pretty good. That's that's quite good. However, no player has scored more goals on Martin Jones than Connor McDavid. Insert purple devil emoji here. Let's go hockey. Have fun. Nolan, the sun will rise. The birds will fly south for the winter and the Oilers will not start a game on time. Those three things remain true as the Oilers surrender the first goal of the game. 27 27 (laughs) seconds into the contest on the first shot off of a slick one T from Austin Matthews. One nothing Leafs. His 34th goal of the season. The 34th of the season. Matching the 34 on his sweater. I think I heard 15 fucking announcers say last night. Twas disgusting. Anyway. Stuart Skinner makes a few more miraculous saves in the first period. Keeping it one nothing Leafs after 20. In an exciting period of action. The Oilers threw 12 chances of their own on Martin Jones. But were unable to solve him. Morgan Riley, we'll get to him, gets a gritty grinder of a goal midway through the second to give the Leafs the 2-0 lead. And we're getting a little nervous. Could this be the end of the W train? Hmm. Children's author, author, Zachary Martin-Hyman, picks up the puck, moves in, does a little, look at that, oh, daddy. But the goal is challenged and overturned due to an offside Poor Zachary Martin-Hyman. Nobody gets more goals called back than this poor guy. Um, starting to wonder if they're a little bit uh, a little bit anti-Zach up there. You know what I'm saying? Minutes later, a goal would count to make it 2-1 Leafs as Leon scores from a cheeky little angle with some help from Bush and Ekholm. Ekholm, congrats on career point number 300, Viking Daddy. We might not talk about you as much as we did last year, but we still love you very, very much. And are you are exactly what we needed. Thank you. Congrats to you and your beautiful family. We hope you stay in Edmonton forever. Second period ends with the Oilers down 2-1 while out shooting the Leafs 22-21. Good hockey game on a Tuesday night, buddy. When the Oilers are in a game this tight, you know you need some balanced attack throughout all four lines. And when you need a big goal, sure, you could call the big guns. Connor, <laughs> Leon, Dak, Evander Kane. Alert, alert, alert. Because he's been nowhere to be found. No, 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 no. And I think that there's someone else. Someone who knows how to use a table saw. A guy who thinks that pepper is a spicy seasoning on its own. A guy whose sandpaper touch and quiet leadership is all you need to hear to know that it's go time. How about a little guy like Derek Ryan? The Carhartt King scores his fourth of the season, a massive goal, two minutes and 27 seconds into the period to even things up. Assists to the Reaper, Matthias Janmark, and our hockey smiling hero, Ryan McLeod. 
We're so back. Chew, friggin' chew. Chew, friggin' chew. The third would see teams continue to train chances until the Oilers found some of that magic that they've been saving and used it to pressure the Leafs, culminating in a Rye and McLeod goal. Cody Cece and Connor McDavid take a fucking bow and let's hold on to this 3-2 lead for the final three minutes to make it 11 straight. The Leafs pressure, they pull Jones for the extra attacker and, and somehow get worse, question mark, which allows the Dentine daddy, Sir Irvin Burchard, so fucked, to grab the puck and toss one down Main Street that had just enough gas to beat the defender and slide past the goal line of the empty net to steal the win. 4-2 Oilers, 11 in a row. You can play La Bamba on home ice. Shots finished, 32-27 for the Oilers. Both teams went 0-1 on the power play. The Oilers won 52% of the faceoffs and out-hit the Leafs 32-25, led by Connor McDavid. Five hits in this one. He was throwing his weight he around. Loving That's it. that Mark Messier leadership. Uh, Shout-out to the skin man who made some incredibly timely <laughs> saves in this one to secure his 15th win in his last 17 starts, posting a .926 save percentage in this one, despite the Leafs bringing the full force of the forecheck into the blue paint at every opportunity. Uh, I don't think that we can talk about this game without talking about how Stuart Skinner played. Um, he was making huge saves on cross, uh, cross crease feeds, uh, throwing everything up to make stops. He, he really played great. And earlier in the season when it was like, man, these, these Oilers, they can't buy a save. That uh, was the complete opposite tonight and, and has been for the past number of games. So big, uh, big kudos to the skin dog. Um, yeah, man, this was, this was a hell of a game. Uh, the, the one thing that I wanted to mention with you brought up, you brought up Connor McDavid's hits. The the game winning the game winning goal by Ryan McLeod. Um, first and foremost, the move by Chris Knobloch to put in Ryan McLeod with Leon and Connor is unbelievable. Um, I think that's incredibly smart. I I I did I saw that you saw the photo I sent you. Uh, yeah. Do you know Do you know who that is? Who is that? Take a wild guess. Like Knobloch? I don't know. I have no idea. That's Derek Ryan. What? That's Derek Ryan. With the bleach blonde hair? With the bleach blonde hair. Holy shit. He looks like a... He looks like he should be in Hanson. I like how you just texted me back. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that is D friggin' R. Um, that's before he was... That's before he had his red seal. <laughs> he was just an apprentice. Oh, my God, man. Um, yeah, so I. it's like... The thing is, man, is like this. This team is. I was sorry. I was. I was going back to. I was going back to Connor. Uh, I don't know why I was starting another thought when I hadn't finished my thought yet. Um, he started that whole thing. He lays the big hit first, and then immediately gets in front of the net and has the crucial screen on that goal by Ryan McLeod. And that's the shit that we expect out of leaders on this team. And Connor McDavid, year after year after year is proving more and more to be the captain. Like, I remember when he was younger and we all kind of thought like, oh, he's getting captaincy because he's like a young kid and he's like the young superstar and the face of the league and the face of the Oilers. Like, you want to have this. But he is becoming like a grown man day by day. And I know he's 27, but like, it's so nice to see this guy actually becoming like, the embodiment of leadership. You see him always talking on the bench. He's always hyping his guys up. Um, 
smiling and you know giving giving more thoughtful interviews now it's just it's really 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 great to see and i cannot be more proud of that guy he's 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 just the best we we love Connor mcdavid more than we love a lot of other things um a person that i do not love very much uh who we will be talking about here um not at this moment but you'll i'm sure you will notice the tone shift uh nabla he uh davis postgame notes he said not verbatim but you know, abridged. We're not happy. You know, there's things to clean up. Got to be better. You got to, you got to, you got to play better. You got to stay better, blah, blah, blah. Um, And that's off of his 11th straight win. Like crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, In contrast, bitch Marner, uh, as we know him uh, post game, fresh off of his team's fourth straight loss, three in a row. They had leads in says, yeah, you know, we're not frustrated. You know, we're a good team. You know, we got to block uh, block out the outside noise. We show up every night. We play great hockey. We play awesome hockey. So let's just, just for an example here, um, I know I know I'm a Leafs hater, and I, I think that there are, I don't think that there are two more unlikable guys in the NHL, in my opinion, than Mitch Marner and William Nylander. William Nylander got cornrows at the beach and was posting the fuck out of them in some cringy culture vulture shit this summer. Uh, he's been doing that for years and somehow getting away with it. And everybody's like, Oh, Willie styles, bitch Marner grittying while his dad negotiates his contract is just outright embarrassing. Uh, I still really like Matthews. So Leafs fans, you can take that to the bank. Um, players can have personalities without looking like trust fund assholes, but you know, Leafs forever, right? Uh, man. Uh, so I we were talking about this before we started recording. So we talked about the William Nylander contract or the potential William Nylander contract last episode, and it officially came through. It officially finished, uh, or officially got over the finish line. So uh, William Nylander is now a Toronto Maple Leaf for the next eight years at eleven and a half million dollars per. That is a lot of money. <laughs> um, and Miles, at the time of signing this deal. Uh, which was January 8th of 2024. I was taking a quick look at Natural Statric, and uh, you know, I was I was really interested in seeing uh, just how 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 well he was producing because obviously he was like second or third in league scoring, and he's he's had an incredible season. I will I will give him that. Um, he has had a very 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 good season. Um, but Miles, I was looking at his uh, at his uh, five on five points, and. Uh, Miles, you'd be shocked to know that he's actually 34th in the league in five-on-five points uh, ahead of him. Uh, a little guy named Leon Dreisaitl, but then uh, also ahead of him, Carter Verhage, Jeff Skinner, <laughs> Travis Konechny, Vincent Trocek, um, and, and, and all, all of those guys uh, do not make double digits. So, boy, oh boy, you better hope that William Nylander is a 100-point player next year because, by golly, if you are paying $11.5 million for an 80-point player, you have some issues on your hands, as I would say. Um, so, yeah, that's tough. And, uh, yeah, once again, I continuously don't like Mitch Marner. I just, I... I see why Lee fans get so annoyed with him. And it's, I, I would not be able to deal with that shit. I mean, we're about to talk about somebody that I've been really annoyed with the last little while. Um, but man, that coming from, once again, one of your leaders in this team, because that's what Mitch Marner is. He has an A on his jersey, and he's one of the highest scoring players in the league. The fact of the matter is, is like, he is 
it seems like every time there's an opportunity for him to say something, he says the wrong thing. And I don't like it. He gives me the ick. He gives me uh, annoying little brother vibes, like, Mm -hmm. in the worst way. Yeah. Um, But that's enough shitting on the Leafs for now. They're they're trying to figure their own thing out. Let's move on to some Oilers shit. Uh Uh-oh, it's time for an ad read. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Tonight's Thursday. Oilers were playing the Kraken. Oilers are looking for their 12th straight win. Kraken finally snapped that 9-game winning streak, but they're still 9-0-1 by last 10. Maybe you're thinking... Well, money line action, maybe you're thinking a little puck line action, or how about a quick same-game parlay? I can get Zach Hyman, anytime goal scorer, combined with the Oilers' money line and the money line the first period for a plus 345. That's not bad. Zach Hyman, seven goals in eight games versus the Seattle Kraken. Oh, you have options. I tell you this every week. You have options. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Because uh, it's been it's been hot. It's been good. Things have been... Right where we want them to be. We've been playing La Bamba 11 straight times because, let's take a quick snapshot over that winning streak, 43 goals for versus 19 goals against. Very good. A 90.6% penalty kill. Extremely good. Mm-hmm. A .938 team save percentage. I mean, I think Calvin Pickard's only played two games in that stretch. But uh, shout out to the boys combining for some fantastic goaltending and seven exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point come from behind wins this team continues to find a way to win when they're down we saw it against uh the the red wings we saw it against the leafs we saw it against the canadians shout out to the gritty w's that this team is finding to uh finding the way to get so um it's been great we look forward to watching some more oilers wins and if I'll I'll turn things over to you because I think you might have something to say, and then uh, this next one I think is uh, is all you. Um. Well, you brought up save percentage, and we shit on him. Well, I did. I I don't think you really did. No, I think we both kind of shit on him, shitting on him earlier in the season because he had a really stinky start to the season. Uh, but over this winning streak, Stuart Skinner has played eight games, and has a one point four eight GAA. And a 943 save percentage. I, I'm not going to say that we were shitting on him. I, I'd say we were holding him to accountability. Nope, totally. And I think that's a better way of putting it. Um, also, goal saved above expected, uh, 10.17, which is pretty nice. That's uh, third in the league. Uh, up with Connor Hellebuck and Joey Decord as well. So 
that's all from natural stat trick. But um, no, man, I I've been I've been really happy with Stu, and it seems like he's kind of got a little bit of his swagger back, and he just likes playing hockey, and I I I love to see that. Like no matter what, he understands the importance of his role, and he just loves coming out there and playing hockey, and. Um, I mean, you you really can't ask for much more. I I'm I'm happy we have that, and not the Mike Smith effect of a guy screaming at his defenseman if he allows a bad goal. So, um, that's really good to see. And uh, yeah, I mean, shout out shout out Stuart Skinner. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it a little bit later in the episode. All stars. Um, Stuart Skinner will not be going to the All Star game this year. And I know that last episode when we were talking about our All Stars, I think we both had him as guys that we were going to vote for mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um i'm kind of glad hindsight 2020 that he's not going to the all-star game because he's played a shitload of hockey mm-hmm. this year and he's gonna have to play a shitload more hockey this year so if he can get a little break get his body right his mind right and spend some time with his family and come back fresh i think that's way more beneficial than saying we had an all-star goalie this year i mean it cannot be understated just how much or how important Stuart the development of Stuart Skinner's like bounce back has been um with regards to the overall build of this team. Because if we can go into the trade deadline with a surefire starter going into the playoffs, it completely changes the dynamic of what you can do. So instead of having to add a number one goaltender, which we thought we were gonna have to do. You can add a defenseman, you can add a forward, you can add three forwards if you wanted to. So you have a lot more that you can do, and you have a lot more bolts in the chamber to work with. So really good to see. And like you said, getting a break for Stuart Skinner is going to be really important because it's the season is just barely halfway. Or have they played 41 games now? I, I can't remember. Be damn um, close. Pretty damn close. So yeah. there's still a long, long runway to go. And I've said this before. I will not be satisfied until I see that little X beside their name. Once I see that, I can breathe. So, anyways, moving on from that. Speaking of a guy that might be able to help us breathe, um, Corey Perry? It's Uh been rumored that both Corey Perry and the Oilers have mutual interest in a contract for the second half of the season. Um, All the insiders, Frank, Elliott, Chris Johnson, all reporting that there is a fit and that the two teams have had dialogue with one another. However, um, there's like five to seven teams inquiring. So uh, as you remember, Perry had his contract terminated by the Hawks. We have no idea why. We're probably never going to find out, but he is a free agent. And in his short stint with the Hawks, he had four goals and nine points in 16 games. Miles, what are your thoughts on bringing in Corey Perry? Um, um, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all about it. I, I, I don't, I don't love the distraction of, you know, having Corey Perry coming in, being the Bedard mom banger and all this stuff that was going on online that turned out not to be true. Uh, I don't know how badly I want that distraction, but I do look back a couple of years ago when they brought in Evander Kane with all of the shit that was going on in his life and everything that was being talked about with him in the news. And I mean, now we're on what season three of Evander Kane season two of Evander Kane. And although he might not be playing very well recently and, you know, we're going to talk about him in the very next point here. Um, Corey Perry would bring veteran leadership, like mm-hmm. gritty, 
offensive output to a bottom six that needs it. And, you know, let's face it, Dylan Holloway has not been the player that we thought he would for a variety of reasons, some of which are out of his control, some of which are in his control. Whatever you want to say, if this team is going to make an acquisition at the deadline, that's a major swing. I think Dylan Holloway is a piece that could be used to get something back or to get uh, Jack Campbell out that still holds some value. And if they can replace that role that they're trying to give Holloway on the bottom six with Corey Perry, um, window is open and you got to swing for it if you got the chance. I have a take on Dylan Holloway. And my take is I think they've been playing him in the wrong position the entire time. I think he's a center. And they've been playing him on the wing. And the way that I'm looking at it is most of the time you might say it's easier for a guy that plays center to play on the wing because you don't have to you don't have as much responsibility on the ice. However, I think what might help Dylan Holloway thrive is the amount of space that he has to work with and putting the puck on his stick and allowing him to work magic with it. Because I think the issue you find yourself in is if he's on a line with like Ryan McLeod, Ryan McLeod wants to transport that puck into the offensive zone and he wants to go to work. Whereas I think if you were to put Dylan Holloway on a line with a potential Corey Perry and maybe an Evander Kane, you can get two of those guys getting in hard on the forecheck, and Dylan Holloway is free to do his thing, free to work the puck around. Because we have to remember, when he was drafted, he was drafted as a center, and he played center all through college, and then when he got sent back down to the AHL, they don't have him playing in the wing. They have him playing center. And I don't think it's good to send a guy down to the AHL for him just to play center, for him to play center, only to call him up and only play him on the wing. I understand positional versatility, but some guys just fit better at center than they do wing. Ryan is McLeod he, is a prime example. Is he on year two or year three of his ELC? Uh, we're on year two of his ELC, so we got so one that's, more year after this. That's the other thing, man. I don't or, know. I I, I think oh, that I don't know actually. There is a situation where, or a scenario where Corey Perry and Dylan Holloway can live to, like, not live together literally, um, but like can live on a team together. He's an but RFA that being, after the season, by the way. Sorry, RFA after the season. But yeah. at the same at the same time, I think that if you're going to move Jack Campbell uh, and free up that cap space to, you know, allow yourself uh, some more versatility to spend at the deadline, you got to have a sweetener in. I don't know what Broberg has in terms of like interest from around the league. I think Dylan Holloway would be a bigger fish. Um, and that's why I guess I'm feeding him up in this scenario. Maybe he would be better at center. I don't know. Uh, but that being said, I mean, I want Corey Perry. And yeah, so if, do I. if that's if that's how you make this team better, uh, bring him in. Let's rock. Let's roll. I think that he would be a good leader for shutting up a little bit of the Evander Kane bullshit that we're going to be talking about in a couple mm-hmm. of seconds here. Yeah. And the, the the last thing I'll say about Dylan Holloway is that we're going back to kind of what I mentioned about or what I complained about with regards to Olivier Rodrigue before, which is. Before you make a move like that, give it a try. You give it a real try. If Chris Knobloch goes into a game and says, okay, Dylan, you're playing center tonight. We're giving you 12 minutes. Do what you can. Let's see what you got. Just try it. Because I don't think it's 
a good idea for this organization not to see what Dylan Holloway looks at look looks like at center at the at the NHL level um, before they ship him off to another team and then he thrives as a center somewhere else. So, but how do you how do you try it in the midst of a eleven game heater? Well, you've kind of built up a little bit of cachet right now, and if you play it, if like. For example, the Flames are not... I, I understand the Flames are on the cusp of winning like five in a row or something like that, or they have won five in a row. I can't remember. But like, Flames are hot. Flames the, are the hot. The Flames are hot, but I wouldn't say that the Flames are a very good team. I just think it would be, it would be a good idea to just give it a try because at the end of the day, like... Worst case scenario, what do you do if Bill and, if Dylan Holloway has a bad game, you bench him and then you just run eleven, you just run eleven and five, or sorry, eleven and six. I mean, the Oilers have done that plenty of times and they've won games, so I I don't see an issue with doing it. You just have to try it though, because if you if you, if you leave a stone unturned, there is a potential reward there, and I just think that's a really bad use of an asset. That's all. I just, I just hear you. It. Yeah, I hear you. I don't disagree with the process or like your your idea but i disagree with wrecking or not wrecking but i, I disagree with changing the the, the uh, recipe yeah i mean i also just want ryan mcleod and warren fogel to stay strapped to leon dreisaitl and i don't want to see evander kane on leon dreisaitl's wing right now um speaking of which um <laughs> bada boom bada bing here we a are a couple of quotes that perked the eyebrows of oiler fans everywhere both from our pal Spec, can I talk to you for a sec? Mark Spector uh, first chatted with Leon Drysaddle, who gave an update to where he was at in his future and where Connor was at regarding his future. Uh, this included a comment uh, saying, "At the end of the day, he, meaning Connor McDavid, uh, is going to do what's best for him, and I'm going to have to do the same for me." This was the headline that Mark Spector posted when he wrote his article. Naturally speaking, Miles, how does that make you feel to hear? He has to do what's best for him, and I have to do what's best for me. It doesn't make you feel great, hey? Yeah, exactly. Nervous. So naturally, this caused a shit show online as Leon's contract expires after next season and Connor's expires the year after that. This is, however, ignoring the quote that followed that right after in which he reflected his goal is to finish the job and to finish the job in Edmonton. And the job is winning a Stanley Cup. Boom. And I think... All this is, is it's just Leon saying, listen, if you think I'm coming back at eight and a half million dollars, it's not happening <laughs> because you, because this all came after William Nylander signed his contract. So naturally speaking, the talk is going to be over what Leon gets on his next deal, which is probably going to be in the area of 12 to 13 million dollars. I doubt he's taking 12. I think he's going to be at least 13 million dollars. Um, but it also brings up the question of like whether or not you'd be comfortable with like Leandre settle on a two to three year deal rather than an eight year deal, which mm-hmm. as long as it means Leon is kept in Oilers in Oilers blue and orange, sign me the hell up. I do not care. Um, and I mean, guys, I know that I am the patron saint of Twitter or Oilers Twitter overreaction. I've, I've had multiple tweets this season saying that this is the end of the Connor McDavid Leandre settle era. Don't worry. I've got a stack of L's to eat, okay? Already ate one this season. I got more I got to eat. Don't worry. But we have to keep our heads on straight with this stuff. This happens. This, like, <laughs> it's just let the season play out. When July 1st comes around, <laughs> then we can talk. 
I've said some dumb. Me. I've said some dumb stuff this year. Don't <laughs> be like me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't be like me. Do as um, I say, not as I do. Yeah. All this is is it's it's really just a lot of posturing in the media and Leon being honest and Mark Spector writing everything verbatim. So let's just take a breather. Things are good right now. And hey, if things are good, if we get to, if we get to this, the, and I'm, I'm like, I'm tapping my desk right now as if I'm like talking to like a child right now. If we get to July 1st and the Oilers are fresh off a of Stanley Cup and they're bringing back most of their roster, I bet you any money Leon Dreisettle is going to look at that and say, you know what? This winning a cup thing is fucking fun. I think I might stick around a little bit longer. And maybe he signs his eight-year deal and him and Connor hold hands and ride a tandem bicycle together. Yeah, you know? quad bike. Okay, be, so we, we like Leon. Let's talk yes. about the next guy. Following him, uh, a quote from our old pal of Andrew King. Good guy, teammate of the year. Yeah. All around good guy, teammate of the okay, year. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah, okay. Uh, surely this will be fun. Uh, when asked about his poorest production over the last 15 games or so, he said, obviously, I'm not getting the same opportunity as I did in the first part of the season. So I think that's definitely a factor. Wouldn't help anybody's production, said Kane. When you don't really play on the power play and I don't kill penalties anymore, opportunities are limited. I just have to try to make the most of with what I'm getting. Then, at, after being asked if he had an issue, if he ever had an issue with ice time ever in his career, nope said Kane. Honestly, I've never had this level of opportunity ever in my career, not even my rookie year. Uh, despite being pressed, he followed up with, for me right now, less is more. What comes out of my mouth? Uh, Kane currently has 14 goals, three are empty netters, 25 points in 39 games, and uh, two bits of whining in the media about ice time. Uh, and I'm not trying to complain uh, while we're the Oilers are on a winning streak. but. Evander Kane opened this can of worms himself, and I think it does need to be addressed. So what's he saying? When asked if he ever had an issue with ice time ever in his career, he said, nope, honestly, I've never had this level of opportunity ever in my career. Is he saying, I've never had this little ice time in my career? Exactly, yes. What a bitch, dog. That shit pisses me off so much. He's getting 14 minutes a game, or, or he's been getting around 14, 14 to 16 minutes a game. That's um, a lot of ice time. Yeah, during this whole winning streak. And I'm sorry, Evander, you have played like dog shit over the last... People kept on telling me last night, or kept on saying last night that Evander Kane had an awesome game. The amount of times he fed the puck to the Toronto Maple Leafs on, like, on a silver platter was obnoxiously bad like i i i this player for some reason has absolutely no puck skills and when he's and when the other team is in the offensive zone he does not want to play any lick of defense whatsoever and i understand that's not the player that he is but a little bit of effort would be nice and then he throws the big hit and everyone's like oh my god this is why we have a vander kane on this team but then nothing after, and he had uh, he had that one that one nice really rush at the end, uh, which would have been like the game winning goal, which obviously would have been great. And I would love Evander Kane to score goals. I would love him to be what he was brought in to be. But I'm sorry, you do not get gifted a role in the top six. And I fucking love that Chris Knobloch is not scared to fucking show some accountability to these guys. It wow. rocks. I mean that. that- 
that being said, if he scores that goal against the Leafs and if he scores that last minute one against the Red Wings, we're not having this conversation. Like we're sucking the dick of Evander Kane and he's back on top of the world, right? He's a streaky player. Um, when he's hot, he's hot. And when he's not, he's not. Um, I think his time will come. I'm not overly worried about Evander Kane. I just wish that there was a little bit more leadership in the room where, you know, they wouldn't let that fester. They wouldn't let that uh, personality come out and say that stuff that he, you know, would be more uh, trained by the guys in the room to be like, hey, shut up and don't say dumb shit to Mark Spector because Mark Spector's an idiot and he'll take you for everything you're worth. He's been kicked out of three locker rooms, Miles. Like, at some point, fucking grow up. Like, I'm sorry, just fucking grow up. I'm I, I I'm sick of hearing about his ice time com- concerns. It's like, th- this team is having a really good time. Fans are having a really good time. And you just have to throw your negativity into it all. And I understand, like, th- Oilers fans are really bad with that, where it's like, oh, the Oilers are winning 11 in a row. However, did you know that the Oilers could be even better if they didn't have Jack Campbell, Evander Kane, Cody Cece on the roster? It's like, yes, people, everybody knows that the, that, the, that the money is not great on this team, and it could be better. The, the, op, the, the optimization of the cap space could be a hell of a lot better. I, but, like, he brought this on himself. Yeah, I still like Evander Kane. I still think that he plays a big role on this team. So I'm not ready to uh, to join the pitchforks and mob that we've got going here. Uh, let's just take it game by game and see what happens. Like you said, they're winning. Let's bask in that and mm-hmm. appreciate the role that he plays in that win and uh, just agree that we want to get a little bit more out of him. Yeah, totally. And I've, I mean, I... I I to be honest, I just think that I think that there's not really much chemistry between him and him and Connor or him and sorry, maybe maybe between him and Connor. I really don't think there's any chemistry between him and Leon. I just I just don't see it. Um and I think getting somebody that would that would fit really well with him would be a, a much better idea. And then once again, Evander, if you can run a third line and it's like yours and you are producing at a high level. Do you realize how much more that helps this team in finally getting to be a Stanley Cup contender? Just, just, just try it out. Just take, 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 take what you're given and make the most of the opportunity. Speaking of making the most of the opportunity. Oh boy, howdy. We NHL have moved stuff. on. We have moved on to the NHL shit of NHL shit portion of the program. Oh boy. So this is a little bit old news. Um, Sure, you've heard of it. Sure, you've seen it. But the Philadelphia Flyers traded Cutter Gauthier to the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim for Jamie Drysdale and a second-round pick. I think this trade broke the day our episode came out last week. So we were just on the wrong side of it. Um, The takes have kind of settled down a little bit. Now, what was your initial reaction when you saw this one go? I was initially like, I thought Cutter Gauthier was like one of those like top five, top 10 prospects in the NHL. I could not believe that the Flyers traded him. I initially thought that like the Flyers thought they were getting like a sick player in Jamie Drysdale and they gave up their best prospect. And I'm like, Jamie Drysdale's not had a very great start to his career. So I don't know if I agree with that one there, friends. Um, But then you hear the stuff about obviously Cutter Gauthier not wanting to play for Philly, not wanting to play for Philly. And you're kind of like, Oh, I, I kind of understand it now. Uh, what were your, what were your first initial thoughts? 
um trade doesn't make sense for either side same thing this is before you heard that Gautier like doesn't want to be a flyer yeah um but that being said it just and we'll talk about the next guy later doesn't make sense to me that the Ducks would take another young guy on when they already have such a surplus of like young forward talent I understand that you can never have enough but like surely to God, there's got to be a better trade partner out there. And surely to God, there's got to be a better player you can get than Jamie Drysdale. Um, no offense to Jamie Drysdale. Like he's been okay for Philly uh, coming in the past like week that he's had with the team. But uh, the trade that I saw, and I don't know how legit it was, was Bowen Byram for Cutter Gote straight up. And I think that that would have been much more beneficial for uh, for the Flyers. Yeah, I think I think Bowen Byram has a lot more a lot more value in this league. I just think that like Bowen Byram is a proven top four defenseman that like was playing top four minutes on a Stanley Cup winner. Um, so I don't know if I totally believe that they would do a straight up swap for Swift, no, straight up swap for, for like for like that, Goche. That's where the issue came in is yeah. that the Avs didn't want to do it one for one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh yeah, but the thing I I do really like about Cutter Gochi though is like you read all the the scouting bullshit on him and it's like apparently he's just a tremendous goal scorer and you can never have too many goal scorers and man the Anaheim Ducks blue line though they could afford to lose Jamie Drysdale because their prospect pool is nasty like a lot of those guys they have developing they've got like Olin Zellweger is on like a forty point pace is like a twenty year old D man in there's a 19 year old D man in the AHL like and then you combine that with like Pavel Minchikov who's been incredible like they've got a hell of a team um and I I I think I'm to be honest man I am extremely scared for the future of the Anaheim Ducks they are gonna be so fucking good they're gonna be young and fast and mobile and just really 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 skilled oh they might be losing a big portion of that skill speaking of the Ducks Trevor Zegras lacrossing his way out of Anaheim. Yeah. That's Take funny. it away. Uh, so according to uh, Frank, uh, okay, I have to try and do this. I wrote this all out. Formaggia uh, Butticini Linguidielli. Uh, sources say Verbeek has mentioned, Verbeek being Pat Verbeek, the general manager of the Anaheim Ducks, has mentioned uh, Trevor Zegras' name in conversation with teams this season. Though it remains unclear how far, if at all, those talks advanced the ducks currently have adam henrique mason mctavish leo, leo carlson and isaac lindstrom and sam carrick as their centers right now and if cutter goche can play see at the next level which there's a bit of a debate whether he's gonna be a winger or a center nobody knows uh it's clogged up position and uh currently playing the wing uh like zegers right now is currently playing the wing but it seems like or sorry goche is playing the wing but it seems like center might be his natural position who knows uh, Zegris, however, is in the middle of a tough season, which uh, season with seven points in 20 games. And uh, obviously now, uh, as everybody knows, he is now injured and is out 68 weeks with a broken ankle. He makes $5.75 million for two years after this and be and will expire as a restricted free agent. Miles, your thoughts on Trevor Zegris being potentially on the trade block? Um, Who cares? stay away i don't know I, I like he's a good player but we've talked about trevor zegers think that his ceiling is like as a player overall is not as high as 
some other folks think it might be like I think at best he's a Mark Shifley and that's like at the very best because not to take anything away from Mark Shifley like he's he's a fine hockey player but I don't think that uh, Trevor Zegers is going to be like your franchise cornerstone forward right so yeah I don't Trevor know I think Zegers that... a regular Connor Bedard you might say <laughs> he is a poor man's Connor Bedard poorer <laughs> man's Connor Bedard so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up, uh, especially with this injury, you know, probably not being around or being at full flight, pardon the pun, for the playoffs, uh, which team is going to potentially do something if they're maybe a bubble team or something like that to get the uh, to get the punch for next year. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens, how much of it is BS and how much of it is uh, is the truth. Uh, man, I... St- smells like boston oh really that smells like a boston bruins move oh we're gonna bring in the young kind of cocky talent but you know what he's having a bit of a tough season and he's like american player and like the classic american franchise we don't have a number one center come in play with pasta i mean i could totally see it totally see that that would be disgusting and that would totally right the bruins wrongs of They'd be going chugga 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 And like they're hot right now too. Yeah. Bruins are, I think are the second best team in the NHL right now in terms of points. So yeah, fuck it. They get they get Trevor Zegras and make it through the first round this year. Look out. So I don't know how much of this is actually news uh, or if this even is news. I just saw this when I was doing um, note prep and I thought it was cool. Um, did you know Alex Nedeljkovic has two AHL goalie goals and one ECHL goalie goal? I did not know that. That is just weird to me he's that a he's well traveled man. Yeah, and he's a fucking sniper apparently. Three goalie <laughs> goals at professional hockey level. That's pretty pretty outrageous. So if he gets one in the NHL, um, look out. Put a futures bet. He's he's a good guy to have as a as an NHL goalie to score a goal. Um, if you were if you were into that sort of thing, if you uh, partook in the occasional gambling. Can we get the uh? Can we get the Alex and uh, Alex Nadel? Oh Jesus Christ! I can't pronounce his name. Alex Nadelkovich, Patrick Waugh move where he like deeks past like Connor McDavid. <laughs> Spin the move at center ice and tries to tuck it. <laughs> rock star. Speaking That's of rock so stars, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, Nolan, we talked about this a little while ago. Uh, Julian Brisbois, GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, came on the record and said Tampa Bay will not be trading Steven Stamkos at the deadline. They will revisit his contract in the offseason. At that same time, they will look at uh, players with expiring contracts at the same time. Uh, example, Victor Hedman. But for now, at the deadline, the Tampa Bay Lightning will not be moving on from Steven Stamkos per their GM. I think this is a very smart move, and I think you should do whatever you can to re-sign Steven Stamkos. Like, come on. Don't let this guy walk, man. And don't don't trade him. Don't let him walk. Come on. Let's get this done. We all know Steven Stamkos needs to retire as a Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, that's uh that's well put. Um yeah. I think that that's something it's finally time for Tampa Bay to stop being uh well we're business first and just think about what they need to do for the player and think about what they need to do for the fan base and for the team. So, Stammer staying in Tampa, cool. Uh, hopefully Tampa gets another shot. I think they're kind of on the outside looking in right now. So hopefully they find that gas and uh, yeah, make a little bit of a run at it and give, uh, give Stammer a reason to stay. 
Nolan, some not good news here. Uh, as of today, Valerie Nachuskin of the Toronto of the uh, of the Colorado Avalanche uh, is entering the player assistance program. Best of luck to him and his family. He will be out of the lineup for the Colorado Avalanche for the foreseeable future until he is deemed fit to get back to playing. Yeah, shout out to Val Val Nachuskin. Hopefully, uh, he gets he gets everything figured out with his life and uh, he's able to move on whatever he's move on from whatever he's dealing with because yeah. uh yeah it's we don't know much about it but just hope hopefully he can uh hopefully he can get past everything in the midst of a very good season i think he had like 40 points he was he was cooking yeah so really um, good player very good player so hopefully he gets things figured out and is back to playing hockey sooner rather than later all right we made it to the meat and potatoes of the episode Nolan, the remaining fan vote all-stars were announced oh on January 13th. This was Saturday before the Oilers and Montreal Canadiens played uh, Hockey Night in Canada. The Just to remind you, it was eight skaters that were getting put into the game and four goalies based off of the fan vote. Um, so the without further ado, the players that will be joining the all-star game. The pre-selected all-stars that we talked about in our last episode are fuck William Nylander with 1.4 million votes led the way. Kale McCarr with 1 million. Uh, Elias Petterson with 976,000. Leon Dreisaitl came in fourth, 967,000 votes. Ugh. Bitch Marner with 946,000. JT Miller, of the Vancouver Canucks with 839,000 Morgan Riley of the Toronto Maple Leafs with 830 and Brock Besser of the Toronto Maple of the Vancouver Canucks with 762,000. So that is Leaf, Av, Canuck, Oiler, Leaf, Canuck, Leaf, Canuck. Sweet. And then did you go over the goalies? I did not go over the goalies. Uh, for the four goaltenders, Thatcher Demko of the Vancouver Canucks with 1.4 million votes at a boy. Sergei Bobrovsky of the Florida Panthers with 712,000 votes, his second All-Star appearance. Alexander Georgiev with 584,000. I fucking nailed that, and I practiced that in the mirror. Uh, and last but not least, Jeremy Swayman, 578,000 of the Boston Bruins making his first All-Star appearance. So... Those are the players going to Toronto. Did you see his quote? Did you see Jeremy Swayman's quote after he, like, the the press talked to him about, like, hey, are you excited on your first All-Star appearance? No, I uh, didn't. Is it Rockstar? He was like, um, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said something along the lines of, like, well, you know, after arbitration, after going through arbitration and your team basically tells you that you suck at everything, uh, it's really nice to be able to hear that you're an All-Star. Holy shit. Which is really funny because, yeah, from what you hear of like arbitration in the NHL, it's ruthless. Oh, yeah, because they're trying to, you know, buy you down, right? Yeah. And they'll be like, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. Um, With that being said, Jeremy Swayman is probably about to be a very, very, very rich man. Um, I would assume in probably a month or two when he's eligible or when he signs this extension because he's probably going to get like eight times eight, probably something like that. Like he's going to be a very, very, very rich man. He'll probably uh, he'll probably set the mark uh, in the goalie market for a new contract, which is yeah. interesting to think of. Um, thoughts on guys yeah. that were left off? Some notable names uh, of the team that we cheer for, or 
uh, throughout the rest of the NHL? I mean, first and foremost, who's voting in Alexander Georgiev? What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, he leads the league in and wins. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, can I get a can I get a swish for Bob for my Bob pick? Yeah, that was that was really that was nice with it. Um, yeah, I I, I think that like seeing um. Besser make it as nice because yeah. he's been having a great season. I'm very disheartened that a uh, friend of the show, Connor Ingram, didn't get uh, didn't make the list here. But again, four very good goaltenders that will be going, and also Arizona too, right? Like fan votes probably not going to help you too much there. Yeah, very very true. I think he was getting most of his votes from Saskatchewan, <laughs> to be uh, completely honest. All from you, Miles but... Fuchs. Yeah, straight up from the from the lab itself. Um. <laughs> I think Zach Hyman not being an all-star is just Toronto being petty. I mean, Miles, you know what I think is actually the most egregious non-all-star? It's Evan Bouchard, and it's not even close. That's fair. That's Evan Bouchard fair. is third in the league in, in, in D scoring, and Morgan Riley made it, and Morgan Riley is 35 points in 42 games. What yeah. are we doing here? Uh, and, and Bush is a, is a Southern Ontario boy too. I mean, he played yeah. his, his, uh, junior hockey with London. So same with Zach Hyman, he's a Toronto boy and they didn't get no love from their local fan base, uh, from their hometown. So I, that's why I'm saying, I think that it's the Leafs yeah. being petty, not it's in Toronto. There should be lots of Leafs. You know, that's, that's the way it should be when an all-star game is held in a hockey city like that. So I'm not surprised that a number of Leafs made it. Little surprised by the amount of Vancouver Canucks that got voted in. Like that holy shit! Me. They're they have a crazy fan base, and that team has been lights out this season. So I'm it. It does not surprise me at all. Um, uh, you know what I think? Well, do you know what I I am holding out hope for though? Um, I pray, pray to God, the NHL makes the right decision when it comes to these injury replacements. And doesn't put ass in. Yeah, like yeah. Jack Hughes and um, Connor Bedard are most likely going to miss the All-Star game. At NHL, please make the right decision. Put in Zach, Zachary Martin Hyman. And if even if for the for the Devils, I don't know, I don't want to see like Nico Heischer in there, but like, come on. You got you, you gotta get more of these stars there. Don't don't just put in Jason Dickinson and like Jesper Bratt. That's ridiculous. The most NHL thing of all time would be sending Nico Heischer. Yes, exactly. Oh, a a a smart a smart two way hockey player. Kind of boring, but but he's the captain of the New Jersey Devils. Sell, sells the game, right? Yeah. Fuck. Fucking Batman's a loser. So yeah, NHL All Star Game first weekend of February going to be electric. Now that we know that everybody's there. Um, I think you can vote for like the skills comp. Um, it's really cumbersome. I've tried to do it myself. I don't totally understand how to do it. I don't think they have all the bugs worked out of it. And that was enough to scare me away. So I haven't gone back. So if you do want to vote, you can. If you're still able to, I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. Hell of a sales pitch from a hell of a salesman. Um, anything else you'd like to say hockey wise? Or do you want to get this uh, this bird shit out of the way? Let's get this fucking let's get this this uh, uh garbanzo beans uh uh fucking yeah bird shit taken care of. So the National Football League playoffs started last weekend with the wild card weekend and that saw a number of 
um, moments that were exciting and that were fun to watch. And there was some good games and it was really snowy in Buffalo. So they had to reschedule the game for Monday and it was really cold in Kansas City. And um, Patrick Mahomes helmet broke when he got hit because it was so cold. And then um, Matt Stafford went back to Detroit and everyone was emotional and it was great. And uh, then the rescheduled game in Buffalo happened and Josh Allen put really good and they beat Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin walked away off the podium. And that led us to Philadelphia Eagles playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield um, looked really good and the, the collapse is complete. We are free of our shackles for another year as the Eagles were... Um, beautifully laid to rest in Southern Florida on Monday. They were not Season's beautifully over. laid to rest. They were shot out of the fucking sky. <laughs> Be- they're a very majestic bird. Um, an eagle is always majestically laid to rest. Um, I mean, any Eagles fan that watches weekly could tell you that this this team never played an A like never played an A game all season. Like the 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 ten and one record was a fugazi, it, it, like it was nothing. It was not real. The ten and one record was getting very lucky. About the only games this year that could have been A's or A pluses were Buffalo or um, the Dolphins. Those were two good games. Sure, sure. I I I'm just. Uh, here's the thing. I was going into this game. And at the ver- at the bare minimum, I wanted Brian Johnson and whatever the hell they did with the Sean Desai, Matt Patricia thing. I'm 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 genuinely I believe Matt Patricia is a sleeper cell. I I believe that he is sent by another team. He was hired by like the Dallas Cowboys and was sent into the Philadelphia Eagles brass. And they're like, talk your shit, King. And you're going to be a defensive coordinator, and you are going to destroy them from the inside. You are going to sabotage this team. I worked out really good for Dallas because they got their fucking shit kicked in by the Packers. Yeah, exactly. I absolutely despise everything that that defense showed. I despise somehow more than the than the than the defense. I despise the offense, and whether or not that is Brian Johnson's fault or Nick Sirianni's fault, I don't know. Because you know what, Miles? After that pathetic performance, that even though I had a pretty good inkling that they were going to lose that 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 wild card game, um, I I was like, you know what? Maybe next season you fire the coordinators, run it back with Sirianni, things will be fine. I am blow it up, like blow up the coaching staff, not the team, like team's fine, blow up the coaching staff. And for the love of God, Howie Roseman, I agree with the thought process of building from the lines out, but, um, you, you, you can't do that this season. Like you're, you can't do that this draft. You, you, you have to, you have to deviate from this because right now I like Jordan Davis. But the Jordan Davis pick is looking worse and worse as Kyle Hamilton is becomes better and better. So I'm kind of losing my mind a little bit, but team is still really good. Um, but please blow up the staff. I'm done with the staff. Yeah, I was checking. It's it's locker room clean out day today. So in between um, pee breaks and whatnot, while we were recording, I was on Twitter. And it looks like officially Sirianni is going to stay on and there'll be changes at coordinator is what... Uh is what they were saying just on Twitter a few minutes ago. It's a long off season. We'll see what happens. Uh, 
Secondary is going to need a lot of help. Linebackers, holy fuck, are going to need a lot of help. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm still mm-hmm. optimistic. Still with the flock. Uh, still a big, big birds guy. Going to stay a birds guy. And, um, you know, this is all part of my journey and gaining the uh, loyalty of, of people around me that I am a true birds fan. So um, do you have a specific team or player that you're, you know, hoping has a good rest of the playoffs now that you are officially free to cheer for anything you know what, chaos. I'm, I'm pretty like I pretty much like everybody except for the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that's I just fair. I just don't want I like Patrick Mahomes antics this season drove me nuts. Like yeah, he's, I, I he's annoying the shit out of me every day, and it's like he's incredible. He's arguably the the like from a talent perspective, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, I don't think it's it's crazy to say that um but the like just the the constant whining every week is just is is, like obnoxious so obnoxious the quarterback documentary made me hate patrick mahomes as a person i I still haven't watched that yet yeah i respect i respect him as a player but i do not like him and Um, do not like who he surrounds himself with but you know what man i've got a lot of friends in ontario that are bills fans and i would love to see the bills win i love i love josh allen too yeah, I mean, Bills winning would be cool. Um, Detroit sucked for so long. Uh, if they that can win, that would that would yeah. be really cool. Um, like if Baker does something with Tampa, comeback player of the year would look really good for him. That would be awesome. Uh, I think that's a bit of a long shot, but still would be sick. Lamar Jackson, um, if he's able to do something fantastic as well. The only team I agree with you, I don't want to see the Chiefs win again, and I would just be happy even if the Chiefs won, as long as it's not the 49ers. Oh, see, I don't like the 49ers. I hated their 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 bullshit to end last season. But I do really like a lot of players on the 49ers. No. I, I, really, I, I really like CMC, and I like Debo, despite his fucking nonsense. can like them, but yeah. they can, just like the Leafs, they can... Suck it from the back. Yeah. Horns down, my friend. Niners down. Yeah. Um, anyways, Miles. Is that all we have for football? It's all we got for football. Um, I love it. Playoffs are dope. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch this weekend. We'll be glued to my TV. Um fun little aside. Uh friend of the show, Janelle, not a not a football person at the start of the year, has since turned into a big football girly was going back through some tweets and some messages and we made a list at the start of the season of her short list of teams that she would cheer for mm-hmm. and after week 1 the teams that were remaining were the Eagles, mm-hmm. the Ravens and the Chiefs. And by about week 8 it was narrowed down to the Ravens. So mm-hmm. she's jacked up to see uh to see her her Ravens in the playoffs and playing good and um having a lot of fun like learning the intricacies of the game and watching a good team play good football so shout out to her and yeah it's going to be exciting to get to watch the playoffs and and see what uh what those birds the other birds can do two questions uh one was she a cf like is she a rider fan like no not no? really okay no uh and number two what drew her to the ravens so i don't want to speak for myself or speak improperly um but i have lamar in dynasty fantasy oh hell yeah so i talk about him quite a bit and like always make sure that their game's on so i can be like look at what he's doing and like 
he's dynamic. He's fun to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it helps that their jerseys are cool. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That they're they're like a nice looking team, and yeah. like they're they're never getting a rebrand. No, that will that is a synonymous look. They're fun to watch, so yeah. I th- I think that's what did it. But uh, you know, maybe if she ever surfaces and we get her on here, she can tell you all about all about the Ravens. Should we should we do uh should we do uh one for one significant others? I think it could be time. Two for two. Two for two. <laughs> Special <laughs> episode of two for two. Um, we'll see. I think it's a good idea. And yeah. if people if people don't immediately hit the DMs and saying like if you do that I'll throw myself off of a large tower, then um you know we can explore it. I uh, I've I've had the request put my way to come on the show for the longest time and i'm like you're just gonna come on and just say a bunch of nonsense you're gonna be like because she's very much she always says to me she's like you say all these players are good i say they're shit and then they're eventually shit and then you agree with me i'm like it's not how it works it's a little bit more nuanced <laughs> i'm sure that they could have some good uh some good banter back and forth about our bull the bullshit that they have to put put up with being around us yeah Exactly. I have to deal with my 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 sickness. <laughs> Man, I am so excited to see Oilers Flames Boa in February. Oh, you're gonna go? Yeah, I've got my I've got my flight already booked. There you go. Yeah. So uh yeah, February I believe it's February twenty fourth of the, the Boa in Edmonton. So uh if you're listening to the episode, maybe we'll maybe we'll do a little meetup. With some with some listeners, if you're in Edmonton that night, a little bit of beers, a little bit of hockey. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely I'm gonna be really drunk, so you'll have to deal with that. But um, yeah, you know, we meet up on like the concourse or something. Hey, how's it going? Um, but anyways, we have a, a lot coming of, up. A lot of hockey in between there and now. Yeah, this is a big part of the schedule. Uh, Oilers playing against the Kraken January 18th. The Kraken are 9-0-1 in their last 10. They are looking good. As mentioned, there is a BOA in Calgary January 20th. My eyes are crossing. January 20th, Saturday. Then there is the Columbus Blue Jackets January 23rd in Edmonton and the Chicago Blackhawks. I feel like we've played the Blackhawks a lot recently. Coming to Edmonton January 25th. Again, we are not doing predictions. We are just letting it ride. But yeah, this is going to be a big two games. Um, as as much as those eleven in a row have been good, I think that's been a lot of uh, playing off the back foot, trying to get into a good position off of the shitty start to the season, where these two big Pacific Division matchups are really, 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 really important to win. The Oilers are currently one point back of the Los Angeles Kings for third in the Pacific Division. Oh, how the tables have the tables have 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 tabled. How the turntables. That's what I was trying to say. It was the fucking office line. God damn it. I like how the tables have tabled, though. That's funnier. Thank you. I'm going to start doing that. Um, Yeah, man, it, it's this is a huge week. You've got uh, three teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. You got to try and beat them all. Um, I mean, you got to try and continue this thing because complacency is this team's worst enemy. And so far in the Chris Knobloch era, this team has shown signs of maybe not being as complacent. Knock on all the wood you can find. But let's just keep this thing going because any loss is a step back and we just need to continue going. Because like I said, 
There is no solace in this team until there's an X beside their name. You get that X, we're good. We can breathe get, a little bit. You get the X, then you get the... S- there you go. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's good. That's good well, stuff. I like that. I like that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, we are not predicting this this week. We're just going to uh, hope for the best. Uh, hope for the best for our boys in blue and orange. Yeah, and we're going to have so much fun watching and waiting to see what happens next. We love you, Connor. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, no. I, I, I'm I tired. I stayed up late watching the hockey game last night. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna edit this and then get a little get me get a little sleepy. That's a good plan. Yeah. And you know, we hope that the listeners, wherever you are, at home, in the car, at the office, at the gym, at the spa, at the rink, wherever you might be, that you enjoyed this and that you had fun with us on this season four episode thirteen of yes. the one for one podcast. Because we had a, a blast doing it, and we look forward to doing uh, more for you. And we look forward to a bow on Saturday, and we hope that you are well lubricated. And if you are lubricating your body with liquor, that you plan a safe ride home, and that you shotgun a goal for every Oilers goal. Perhaps? Oh, what? Yeah. I'm definitely could, I haven't done that in so long. Let's go. Could get greasy. But most importantly, and as always... Go, let's go. Go, let's go.